So we're sat here with Ticker again, the wonderful Ticker. She has returned. Indeed, I have. And we've got um, with us today as well the grace with the presence for Jess, who is a volunteer. volunteer. <laughs> yeah, she. We don't pay her; she just turns up. But she is here, six month placement, mm -hmm. um, uh, archaeology student. Yep. Former archaeology student, and coming into museums. Um, so very quickly, we're just going to go through. The Pottery Project, because Tick is our, our consultant conservator, which I got right this time, I got it wrong last time. <laughs> um, a consultant conservator who is working with us around the Pottery Project, which is an 18-month project which has started, where we're going to take the ceramics from two Cranog sites, the site of Oakbank Cranog and the site of Dunvaravat Cranog, and we're looking and well, I won't go into it too much because I don't know anything about pottery, but... Teki, you do know a lot about pottery, and today you've been training our staff, I believe. If you just want to tell us what, what we've done with, with, with the team today. Yeah, um, well, I understand that you here at, um, at the Cranach Centre want to um, involve an awful lot of people in the cleaning of 48 plus boxfuls of archaeological pot shards yeah. from those two Cranach sites. And that's quite a substantial job, which is why you want as many people yeah. doing it as possible. And uh, so I've been brought in to uh, train these people up, the people who will supervise the people, um, including members of the public, in doing this, and point out to them interesting things that they can tell the mm -hmm. public when they're mm -hmm. doing this work mm -hmm. and uh, also I suppose some of the pitfalls um, and just give them a real a conservator's understanding of what they're doing mm. uh, when they're cleaning pot shards. Perfect, wonderful. And Jess, you have now received this training. I have indeed. Therefore, you are master of all pottery and ceramics, correct? 100%. Wonderful. <laughs> um, so, in short, if, if we're going to go through kind of very briefly the, the, the basics of what you need to know, what would that be? <laughs> Come on. Well, Jess. Come on. You've been training all day, Jess. This is, this is your moment Jess. to show. Come on. <laughs> So what I found was very important was the tools that we were using, um, that they have to be as delicate as possible. Um, so we used we used a lot of really recognisable and accessible things like makeup brushes and um, makeup sponges. You said we could use, mm -hmm. and then we did something called dry. What was it dry cleaning? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, where we didn't use any water or liquids. We just used the brushes, and we really carefully sort of brush the surface of the pots, the um, break edges, and sort of, we were able to see the inclusions. We used the the colouring on the break edges to recognise whether or not it was dirt on the surface of the ceramic. So by break edges, you mean, oh, it's gonna sound like a stupid question, <laughs> the edges that have broken. Yeah, where okay. the pot is not, so it's not a rim, or it's not a base, it's basically where it's. Yeah. Fragments. Yeah, exactly. The bits that you wouldn't see if the pot hadn't broken. I like that. That's the best way of describing that. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, there you go. <laughs> so the the so the the importance of using dry versus wet. You mentioned the two different ways. Why would you choose to do it dry rather than wet? What What's the difference? 
We got into that through a, a sort of a, a long route to it, didn't <laughs> mm -hmm. we? Because I thought that all of these people could think like us conservators. Indeed, they proved they could and observe like conservators. Mm -hmm. And so I took them through my thinking. And the first thing that a conservator does is remind themselves what the, what's the point of cleaning them. Right, and really for archaeological stuff, it's to reveal information. Yeah. Right, and so we we reviewed some of the interesting things that you can discover about pottery, different kinds of decoration, yeah. the different bodies that say wh where the clay came from, uh, the evidence of successful or not very successful firing. Um, the evidence of what kind of kiln they might have used, or in this case, early Iron Age pottery, not it, not yeah. well pit kiln, almost so certainly. So what? So if you, you talk about firing, good firing, bad firing, and, and if you find it in a pot kiln or, or a thin kiln, yeah. what are sort of the the fingerprint markers you're looking for? There? Well, it makes so the reason why I'm interested as a conservator is to know that bit of the technology is how strong is this ceramic going to be? Because mm -hmm. I'm about to do something, well, it has it had a little bit of a rough life on the bottom of a lock, mm -hmm. and now I want to do something a bit rough with it to clean the dirt off it. So is it going to be able to take it? Yeah. And if it was fired in a bonfire firing or something like this where they couldn't control the temperature very much, um, you know, it might not have reached that state where the clay particles really fused together mm -hmm. permanently. And then it sits on the bottom of a lake and it's kind of ready to turn back into clay a bit. Or it's been fired in a pit kiln and it's not really strong and hard, but it's quite, it's quite, it's done the important, you know, gone past that really important point of where the particles center together. So, so, um, so we, we wanted to know, you know, what was it that was important, you know, and, um, to know about this, um, to be able to already guess, do we have a problem in hand? Mm -hmm. And also, what are we cleaning off? Like, and you know, uh, how far do we want to go? Mm -hmm. And so the first activity that we did was actually, everybody had to um, take a few of the Cranach pop shards and um, Pick out a sexy one, is yes, that right? <laughs> a sexy pot shirt. Yeah. And then what, what did you guys do? Um, so yeah. we well, we took out a couple, we had a look at them, we got to confer with each other, which was really nice. Um, we got to handle them as well. And then we picked one and we presented it to the group and mm. why we felt that it was worth presenting, why we thought it was interesting, why it immediately appealed to us. And we just explained sort of the different features that we saw on it. And, and and were they interesting pot shards? They really were, yes. Yeah. No, they really were. I'll give you a five later. Yeah. <laughs> so what did you see? Uh, we, saw, we saw one really unusual one that stuck with me, that it looked as though it was, it was about to break in half, but it was, it was actually two coils that were a coil-made pot that we think maybe a dry coil had been applied to a, a fresh piece of, of clay and then fired. So yeah. there was kind of the story immediately, just from looking at it without any further analysis. And you can just see that, just visual without the magnification join was, or anything. Absolutely, the join was so obvious and it looked, it looked like it 
it would about it was about to break but when we handed it around it was it was it was solid yeah it was sturdy but it made it clear that it was coil made mm-hmm. pot it wasn't a pinch pot a finger you know yeah. thumb pot wasn't wheel made it was no. really really clear you could see that yeah. there was lots of decoration and the more that we looked at it the more they were really interesting pot shards mm-hmm. all sorts of interesting mm-hmm. decoration types fingerprints and yeah, um, the inclusions uh, as well yeah. and and um and of course residues there's a lot of residues on this stuff so you know burnt on food residue that kind of stuff uh, similar to the piece that's on display yeah. here showing that yeah. in the Cranach center so and it's really it's really interesting because what what will be great with this is is that as we pass on this this training and we roll it out and we we get more visitors coming to actually do this is that if they can look at the piece of pottery and even just leave here just very briefly identifying those things that you've just mentioned and seeing that um it's that importance of of kind of tying that back to a human choice you know that, that they've chose to coil make they've chose to put that on there they've chose to put those inclusions in and then it's just asking that question well why have they done that? And then, then that for me, that's that's the power of doing of this. Personal evidence. Yeah. Wasn't yeah. There? there were some yeah. where you could see the impatient potter, like yeah. someone who was like, "Oh God, you know, it's end of the day. I just mm-hmm. want this over with." It's the Friday we afternoon hadn't, pot. Hadn't properly joined two coils together. Yeah. It was like half yeah. smeared and a big ridge left behind by the thumb, right? All the way to the one that was decorated by a beautiful bit of say, grass. The little seed heads oh, wow. had obviously been wrapped around the rim, right, and impressed into the surface, and either left there during the firing, in which case it had burnt out, but yep. left a perfect impression, oh, right, fantastic. the most delicate, beautiful thing, right, or they'd taken it off and, you know, used it again around the whole pot, you know, you couldn't yeah. tell it's one shard, but yeah. it, was, it was the finest decoration it was, yeah, it was beautiful. Just, it was just personal choices that you can see. Yep. Just as just as if you gave somebody a piece of clay today. Just took the care the to, to to take that much yeah. care over it. So then the second session was us getting ready to learn how to clean mm-hmm. the shards. But I thought that they could um they could share in the sort of choices that conservators make mm-hmm. when they're going to uh think about cleaning shards and it all depends on the shard and the condition it's in on um, what they decide to use so we went through a little bit of the science of cleaning like how water works because everybody's kind of used to people you know sitting around tubs of water with pot shards in them and toothbrushes mm-hmm. and, and getting to work on it and <laughs> yes. it was it fun mm, yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah. So, it's yeah. part of being an archaeologist isn't yeah. it you just have to do it so i i let them into a bit more of the knowledge about what water is doing in terms of swelling up the dirt and making it easier to separate it from the pot so that you don't have to use much force to persuade it to leave the surface of the pot, which is a good thing, right? But I also let them know about the dangers of water because it's a pretty wild and crazy chemical mm. and it's one of the strongest ones in existence. And so it just keeps going at it so you can end up with losing quite a lot of surface yeah. material and stuff around the break edges, those mm. break edges. So, And then we contrasted that with... Um, sort of mechanical methods, so using 
tools. Uh-huh. And we talked about how how tools work, the sort of physics of actually, um, I guess, you know, using brushes, however soft is abrading yeah. things. And we looked at a list of tools that, that were in increasing, like, uh, order of increasing energy that you put in, mm-hmm. which meant that that was energy that was directed at that pot shard. And so you could actually see there was a few surprises in there, I think, weren't there, mm-hmm. about what things were actually rougher than you would guess. Okay. On the, on the what sort of, of things? What surprised you, um, I remember that um, you said, oh, you can, you could potentially, you could blow on a pot to, to blow the surface dust off, but that your breath has a lot of moisture in it, which could potentially be really harmful for the ceramic. And that was something that hadn't, hadn't occurred to me before we'd had this lecture about water and its sort of effects on, on pottery. We were thinking a lot with water about the fact that, well, some of the shards we were working on were from Lewis, the Isle of Lewis, yep. which is a maritime yes. you know, sites. Yes. And so they already have quite a lot of salt in them. Yeah. And you add... Uh, moisture to salt and it goes liquid and moves through the pot and comes out to the surface that really beautiful decorated surface remember with yeah. that lovely little plant material inside and it starts crystallizing just under the surface right as it dries and then you kind of blow on it again or the humidity goes up just because it's a damp day yeah. and it brings some more salt to just under the surface and it keeps going the crystals grow bigger and bigger mm-hmm. just like you did when you were in primary school and one day they just break that decorated surface off and you get this sort of typical kind of um pock marked surface okay. on, on a pot or a pot shard and it's also sometimes quite powdery or friable so so you know that that was you know it sounds like not very much to be blowing on a pot um but you can actually do it better with um one of those photographers buffer brushes yeah you know, sort of thing so in the end, we we took a look at a lot of my tools, different mm-hmm. things, and um, were any of the tools particularly interesting? Oh, my favourite was the porcupine quill, definitely. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I like it. Yes. Yeah. I like it. We talked quite a bit about um, natural versus synthetic fibre brushes as well, mm-hmm. and how the porcupine quill, it comes to a point, but because it's about the hardness of a fingernail, yeah. it's not actually yeah. capable of doing that much damage. Yeah. Yeah. So I, 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 myself, I... Again, as I said before, we started recording. I don't know anything about pottery because it's not metal. Um, but I know that, like especially with metal, they always say clean it with with wood or something because you don't want to affect the surface and you need something that just gives. If that makes sense, it's yeah. not. It's softer than the thing something you're cleaning. That's softer than the thing you're cleaning. Yeah. And if the dirt's harder than the thing you're cleaning, which sometimes it is, mm-hmm. and limescale, right, is often insoluble salts on the surface of a pot are. There are ways you can make the dirt softer than the surface of the pot and that will allow you to then come in with something really quite gentle like a soft brush and whoosh it away. And that's one of the things that actually water or water with a bit of alcohol in it Uh can be very good at doing. It can swell up uh, crusts and uh, you might not see anything much happening but just a little surface application swells it up and then you go back in there with your brush and all of a sudden it comes off and it moves. So we did a little bit of a comparison at the end about wet cleaning Mm -hmm. versus dry cleaning Mm -hmm. and different approaches, like different ways you could 
get the water in there. Yeah, you used the conservator sponge, I think it was. And then one side with just water and then the other side with water and alcohol. Mm. And you just sort of dab it really carefully onto the ceramic. So you're not bathing the piece, you're just really just wetting the surface. And then that should absorb through it is in its own time. So nothing really shocking if you drop pot shards into that have dried out, if they're still fresh from the soil and all damp, that's a really different thing. But if um, it has its own worries, but if they've dried out like these have over decades, yeah. and then you yeah. put them back in the water, the air bubbles will rush out from them mm -hmm. and can push off surface again. Yeah. So doing starting out with a sponge or something slow yeah. actually helps with that. It just all means you can do the cleaning you need to do with fewer of the risks. So the the plan for the majority of our pottery, are we are we looking at you know having a a one size fits all? This is our process, or do we take each shard individually? <laughs> well, what do you think? Oh, <laughs> there's the question. If yes. <laughs> I asked a difficult question, yeah. Obviously, it would be nice to have the time to treat every single piece as an individual piece and do the process as carefully and slowly and sort of precisely as possible. Mm -hmm. But I do understand that we have, what, 48 boxes or something of this yeah. stuff <laughs> and a limited amount of time that that might not be possible. We don't have another two and a half thousand years to get it done. Tragically. <laughs> However, with eyeshadow brushes, which are very mm. soft because you don't want to poke a hard bristle into your eyes, do you? No. And makeup sponges. We found that you could get pretty well everything we needed off. Okay. And we think that pretty well anyone could do that without causing much risk to anything on yeah. the surface. So. And then it's just about as we go, what we'll do is as we unpackage them and, and identify them before we go to the cleaning them, we can always you know look and say, actually, this one's got a lot of really fine decoration, we might just shift that to one side and we'll work through the majority with that process. Yeah. Brilliant. So the next step is to basically now get the training in place with our team and then we'll start getting the public, Jess, the mm -hmm. public will be doing <laughs> this for us. That's not us using free labour, but what it is, is, is just as I said before, getting that I think seeing the process, a lot of the time we, 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 museums can, can draw a curtain behind the processes kind of and, and do it and, and I think making that public and, and seeing the work that we do and getting as many people, use the pun that we've got, you know, a thousand fingerprints on this, this piece of work because we have got fingerprints from the past on it so we need a thousand <laughs> fingerprints a day on it so it's, it's kind of getting as many people involved and seeing that, that, that way and, and I think as well if people have done this there's a bit more ownership, you know. Um, the, the, you know, we, we don't in this room. We don't own these pottery pieces. We're, we're merely the guardians of them, if that makes sense. We're here to look after them. So I think get as many people involved as it's going to be. Well, good. What, what did everyone say after they had 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 done those? Certainly, the first session is that I think it was that pottery shirts had become suddenly. Their pottery shards have become a lot more interesting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and a lot more beautiful. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Taking the time to look at these things. Yeah. So, with yeah. a different understanding, yeah. or more of an understanding rather, 
Just I think the public deserves Great. to share in that too. Yeah, that fun. Yeah. You start thinking about people's lives when you start yeah. working on them, don't you? Yeah. And, and it's choices again, I go back to that, that that choices, you know. There's a there's a there's a choice that's been made to do a certain thing and it's it's trying to understand even if you can't understand the choice, just acknowledge that choice that, you know, mm. they've put that in this pottery. They've included this into the clay mix for some reason. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of acknowledging why that might be. We don't know. There's uncertainty there. There's always uncertainty, but you know, we'll celebrate that uncertainty and we'll talk about and, and that that'll be powerful thing it's not going to be a, a a clean the pots and we'll tell you why they did it it's a clean the pots and we'll have a conversation around mm-hmm. why they might have done it mm-hmm. makes sense. wonderful now is there anything majorly important Jess that you learned today that you feel we haven't spoken about I mean I think it was all really interesting but I think we've covered quite quite a lot yeah wonderful. I think the important thing to remember is that water is the strongest chemical that you will ever use on ceramic. <laughs> Never use anything else, only water. So that's, that's a tip if anybody listens to this, to not go and find pots out of the ground and wash them. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, thank you both for sitting down. Um, Tika, you're, you're happy carrying on. Are you coming back again? I'm coming back again. Oh, Tika's coming back again, <laughs> coming everyone. Again. So we're going to talk about display storage and things we can do to make all of those pot shards more accessible yes so i imagine that actually with the storage just as you said we've got to think about the moisture in the the area and all that stuff and Mm -hmm. and bring all that in so ticker's coming back i'll make sure the next time you come back we'll do this all again (laughs) you're gonna have you're gonna have you like star wars you like all those other ones you've got a trilogy coming you'll have a third one coming that just kind of wraps it all up Yes. Wonderful. The return of ticker. There we go. <laughs> Thank you very much, guys.